You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Her Money is supported by Fidelity Investments. Together, we're here to empower, educate, and encourage women to start talking about money. Discover more at fidelity.com slash it's time. Her Money comes to you through PRX. Hey, it's Jean Chatsky and Kelly Hultgren in the studio. Welcome to our second mailbag bonus episode. You said you liked the first one, so we will keep them coming. This is fun, right, Kelly? So Kel? much fun. It's great. Actually, our mailbox is not overflowing, but it is pretty full. I love everything that I do for you, but I'd have to say my favorite emails that come in are from our listeners. Yeah. And I'm so happy to get a handful every single day. So thank you, everyone. All right. And we will answer a bunch of them. But before we do that today, we've decided to start a little something new. So Kelly and I discovered that Hayden Field, who is the third member of our Three Musketeer (laughs) team, has a very special talent. She has a special talent for getting money back on just about everything. And so we figured, after employing her to get money back for us on several occasions, we figured we would actually throw Hayden into the waters and invite all of you to the party. And we're starting a new segment where Hayden is going to get money back for all of you. And so before we explain exactly how this is going to work, let's bring her in Mm -hmm. and let's talk to her a little bit about how she got so good at this. Hi, Hayden. Hey, Jean. So we've decided we're going to call this segment Hayden Helps. Do you like that? I love it. All right. Very honored. Tell me, where does this superpower come from? So I think it started, honestly, with a lot of what I learned from you. You've always said, don't take the first offer and ask for what you want. And I think that really comes into play here. And just like networking and negotiating, the way you get good at it is by doing it. So for me, I'm in a long distance relationship. So I spend a considerable amount of time on planes, but I'm also a millennial trying to pay her rent in New York. So if there's free money anywhere on the table, I'm going to snap it right up. And you've always said, don't leave free money on the table. And I kind of think of this as a way of not doing that. I started by calling flight companies anytime I had any sort of negative experience and asking for credits. And to my surprise, I kept on getting them. Tell me about one experience. So recently I was on a flight back from Hawaii with my best friend. And both of our chargers for our phones weren't working on the plane and Mm -hmm. one of our TVs. So that was kind of a hard experience because it's a pretty long flight. It's a really long flight. We wanted to, you know, watch Watch the movies like Moana because we were coming (laughs) back from Hawaii. And so um, after the flight, I called Delta and I said, I explained the whole situation and I ended up getting a $150 voucher, which was a great experience. Well, and then you did even better for me because I was on a flight coming back from, where was I coming? Texas? Las Vegas. Oh, Vegas. Right. I was on a flight. I'm on a lot of planes. You have to excuse (laughs) me for forgetting where I was coming from. But I was on a plane coming back from Vegas and the entertainment and the Wi-Fi 
wasn't working, and the air conditioning also wasn't working for the first hour of the flight, and that was not fun. It was 107 degrees out, right? Yeah, it was so hot. But I was annoyed because I felt like they should have at least told us that the Wi-Fi wasn't going to be working because they knew, and we could have downloaded. Entertainment in the airport on our own devices, and that would have made all the difference. And so I put it in your lap, and you got me two hundred dollars back. I did. Their first offer was one hundred. Then we went to one fifty, and finally we settled on two hundred. Just amazing. And it's not just airlines that you are able to work your magic with, because once I sort of got the gist of what you were able to do, I started throwing other things your way. So we. Just came back from a weekend with our friends Nat and Robin, and they had an incredibly difficult time with a rental car company where they waited in line for hours and took pictures. And tell us about that. What were you able to accomplish there? So yeah, I couldn't believe when I heard and I saw the pictures, and there were just so many people in line. They had to wait for hours, and the worst part was they were quoted about four hundred and seventy-six dollars when they decided to rent the car,、mm-hmm. and the bill ended up being about six hundred and nineteen, which is so off. And maybe they would have even gone with another company if they had known it would be that expensive. So I was able to call and get them about a hundred and fifty-two dollars refunded. Because some of the charges were just jargon, like estimated non-taxable products and services. What does that even mean? I have no idea. And、um, so we got that refunded, the fuel charge refunded, and things like that. And so they were able to get back to near their original estimate. And they were quite pleased with you. So thank you for doing that. All right, a couple of things we want to do here. First, I want you to give. All of the people who are listening, just a few tips for how they can do this for themselves, and then we're going to fill everybody in on if they want Hayden to help, how they can send us their problems, what you need to see in order to start taking action for some of them, and we're going to keep a running tally of how much money you actually save people. Great, can't wait. So, in terms of your top two or three tips, what would you tell people? So I would say the number one thing you really need to remember is be nice. It sounds cliche, but it makes all the difference. These people that are answering the phones have dealt with people with short fuses all day, people that are mad, angry, frustrated, impatient, and so if you just have a calm, nice tone, it's like a breath of fresh air. They want to help you, and so the most important thing is be nice and make them want to help you. If you are answering a phone and A mean person was on the other line demanding something. You would be much more inclined to put them off. Whereas if someone that made a personal connection with you and seemed kind, you would want to help them because that's just in our nature usually. So that's the most important thing to remember. And then another thing to remember is that if the person that answers the phone can't help you, ask for someone who can. A lot of times, the first person that answers is a lower level representative. Maybe they can't give you a credit or a refund, or they can only give you a little bit of one. If you ask nicely to speak to their supervisor nicely, then that person usually has a lot more pull, and they can give you a bigger refund or a credit and a lot of other things. Kind of like when you're disputing a bill and you ask to be transferred to the cancellation section,、mm-hmm. they have a lot more pull. And then and the last thing to remember is. 
don't always take the first offer. I learned that from you through years of talking about salary negotiations and bill negotiations and every type of negotiation, and this is one. So if they make you your first offer, you say, thank you so much. Um, That's so kind. But I was thinking something more like X and just see a lot of times you can get more just by asking for it. This is fabulous. I love what we are starting here. If you want Hayden to help you, you can send us a note at jeanchatsky.com. Just go in and put it into the same place you ask questions on the podcast. Tell us what do you need to know to help people? Tell us your name, what happened, any type of numbers we would need dates, receipts, things like that, and we'll start the process. Give us as much detail as you can in one paragraph. Thank you, Hayden. Thanks, Jean. So Kelly is back in the studio. I think what people need to understand about Hayden, and then we will move on to questions, Mm -hmm. is that she is really the nicest person on the planet. She's my unicorn. Like, she's so (laughs) nice. She really is. Like, she's one of the sweetest people I've ever met in my life, and she's made me a nicer person. So the fact that she is so good at this, it just it just makes me laugh because it's it's fabulous. I know. Fantastic. It comes off like you would think you would associate this type of behavior with like a money hungry, aggressive person. And it's not to say that she's not aggressive in the right ways, but like, she's just the nicest person i know all right kelly and i are not the nicest people ever but we will answer your questions (laughs) yeah did i just make myself sound a horrible person (laughs) no not at all maybe not at all okay our first question is from kat a 27 year old single mother of an elementary school age daughter and new homeowner she says the house is in good condition but it was built in the 70s so there are several home improvement projects that she'd like to tackle but her problem is that she lives paycheck to paycheck and never has a large enough chunk of money to start on a project she writes I have three credit cards, all of which have relatively small balances, less than 600, with the exception of one that has a balance of 1800. I pay my student loans monthly as well. Next month, I'm expecting a $1,300 refund from a vendor contract that was mutually terminated. Should I use the money to pay off some of the debt or use it towards home improvement? I do not have an emergency fund. What should I do? Pay off debt. Plain and simple, because that debt is very likely costing you double digit interest. You're not going to earn that much by keeping the money in the bank. Put a Band-Aid on the home improvement projects until you pay off the debt. Once you pay off the debt, get a couple thousand dollars in the bank, and then you can start improving your home. And if you want it to go faster, think about a side hustle. Think about things that you could sell on eBay or Craigslist or one of the other places that we've talked about on this show to bring in some additional money. And it'll all happen. It's just going to take time. It's a process. My son's drama teacher used to say, it's a process. Process. It's a process. process. He was English. So it was a process. (laughs) So in terms of priorities, so if she gets done with the debt, should she focus on an emergency fund then? Before the project? Yeah, you need a couple thousand dollars put away, at least. Thank you, Kat. Now we have a question from Emily, who is saving up to buy a house. I am a huge fan of yours and love your podcast. I have been subscribed on iTunes since the first episode. Thank you very much. And haven't missed any. I live in a touristy area, Outer Banks, North Carolina, and would like to buy some properties to rent weekly. There's a huge market for weekly rentals in the area, even in the shoulder and off seasons. 
The income would more than pay for the mortgage and upkeep. In fact, I see this as an eventual exit plan for my current job. Fingers crossed. I'd like to start with one small property and use its income to purchase more properties. My question is where to invest the savings for my down payment. At this point, I'm trying to save for the initial investment. I only have a few thousand dollars saved right now and believe I will need about 40000 before making my first purchase. I know it will take a while to get there, but obviously I want the highest percent on my savings while still keeping it in a relatively safe investment tool. Would love to hear your ideas on where I should grow my funds. In the bank. In the bank. Or the credit union. Um, you don't want to put this at any risk. But by shopping around for the best interest rates, for the best savings rates, you can actually do substantially better than you can just by going to any old bank on the corner. So go to bankrate.com. Look at a couple of things. Look at the best interest rates on accounts overall. Generally, internet savings banks may have higher savings rates, but also look at high interest rate checking accounts. Sometimes you can get a substantial boost by putting your money into one of those. There will be some obligations that you have to meet. You'll have to use the debit card on the account a certain number of times a month. You'll have to pay a bill by um, automatic payment, maybe make a direct deposit. But if you can manage the flow of funds, that can be a way to sometimes double or even triple your return. Wow. And good luck. I love this idea, by the way. I, I grew up in a college town. Actually, I grew up in a series of college towns and knew a number of people who started off with one small property, rented it to students, bought another, bought another, bought another. It was a career in the making. And thanks, Emily. I think that's a, a great career path to get you started on. Now a question from Kelly, not me, although I am interested in this answer. There are so many scams out there that I worry about applying for a credit card and giving out my pertinent information. I'm looking for the best credit card that has no annual fee and will offer air flying rewards. My credit is exceptional, so one that offers the best low interest rate. As long as your credit is exceptional, I'm kind of reading that to say that you probably are not carrying a balance. And if you're not carrying a balance, then the interest rate doesn't matter because you're never paying interest. It depends on who you're flying. It depends on what airlines you want to use and what programs um, you want to transfer those miles into. So there are a number of great cards out there. There are a number of cards out there right now that will give you bonus miles just for signing up. Again, I would go online. This time I would go to cardhub.com and look for the best frequent flyer mile programs and see which one matches up with your needs. And you may, in fact, decide that you want a couple of different cards because you fly a couple of different airlines and you can just rotate your spending between them. That That's what I do. I've got an Amex and I've got the Chase Sapphire right now and I am sort of putting my usage in between. I forget about the airlines and all of the credit cards that they offer as well. Yeah. I mean, so they don't issue credit cards themselves. They partner mm -hmm. with, with a banks. bank to issue it for them. But it's very important these days, if you're really going to play the mileage game, to look at where you might be able to transfer those miles and actually use those miles so that you um, don't get caught with a ton of miles and the inability to go where you want. Mm -hmm. And in terms of security, if it makes you feel any better, Kelly, I went to my bank in person to open my credit card. If you want to alleviate putting any information in online and if you're worried about that, you can do this in person as well. Or you can do it on the phone. And mm -hmm. as long as you place the call rather than 
picking up the phone when somebody calls you, you are in pretty good hands. Great. The next question comes from B, who would like her full name to remain anonymous. She says she uses the show as a weekly accountability reminder, which we love to hear. B says she made some less than ideal choices after graduating college and was underemployed for close to five years. Now in her late 20s, she has quite a bit of debt and zero savings. Her debt is part personal, credit card, and student loans. She writes... In the near future, my finances are changing. My boyfriend and I are moving in together, which will save me half my rent, about $650 a month. And I am working on getting a promotion at work, which would increase my salary by at least ten dollars to $15,000, ideally. As I'm looking at my options, I'm torn about which debt to tackle first. Emotionally, the $7,000 of personal debt I have is weighing me down, especially because a large portion is to an ex-boyfriend. However, it's not accruing interest monetarily. My current relationship is very strong, and we're both on board about making positive financial choices, but he doesn't know about the debt to my ex. He does know about the credit card debt, but doesn't know how much it is. I promised myself and told him that I wouldn't want to merge finances with anyone until I got my own in order. And I'm committed to getting rid of the financial and emotional baggage this debt has caused and continues to cause me. Plus, as said, I have no savings. Where should I start? Oh my God, you've got to get rid of the debt to your ex. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to come clean. I think it would make her feel lighter emotionally. Absolutely. About all of it. I don't think you should move in until you have basically laid it all on the line, come in with a plan for how you're going to get rid of this. But it feels like a lie of omission. It feels like lying by not sharing this information. And Just think about what would happen if your ex suddenly decided that he had a beef and he picked up the phone and he called your new boyfriend and basically said, you know, she owes me a lot of money. That would be World War III. And it is much, much better for you to lay it out. It's not the crime, it's the Mm cover-up, right? I mean, I'm thinking about Nixon. It is not the crime, (laughs) it is the cover-up. And so I I would say it is not going to be a pleasant conversation. The longer you've been hiding this, the harder it's going to be to come clean. But I really think you have to come clean. You'll feel, I think you'll feel so much better. And then it also will start your new financial relationship moving in together on the best possible note. Like starting with honesty will lend to a honest relationship with money moving forward. And we want to know how this goes. Yes. So B, just take a deep breath, do it when you're both in a good mood, have a plan for how you're going to get rid of all of this debt, and then do it and follow up with us. And we want to hear that everything is going sailingly. Yeah. Thank you, B, so much for writing in. Yeah. Absolutely. And Kelly, thank you. This was a a great mailbag. It really was. And thank you to Hayden for making the first Hayden Helps segment. A success. A success. Yeah. She got me money back. So now she can do it for you. Keep the questions coming. Send them to us at jeanchatsky.com. Also on Facebook and Twitter. We, as always, want to thank our sponsor, Fidelity. Our music is provided by Track Tribe. Our show comes to you through PRX. We'll talk soon.